authority. Aloha! Welcome to the most muscles and podcast of Barry Sports. Welcome to ABC7 Sports. With authority. With punching power today. Some serious <laughs> punching power. Some people call them the next big thing. Some people call them the next Mayweather or mini Mayweather. Some just call him by his nickname of the dream. Devin Haney, future world champion, here today in studio on With Authority. First of all, thanks for coming in and welcome. First off, thank you guys for having me. Oh, I was so pumped up when I heard that we had a chance just to get you because it reminded me of the early days of Andre Ward and how he blew up, you know, before he went to the Olympics and we did some media and then he just became this mega star and mm -hmm. obviously you know what kind of career he's had. Do you think about that as a possibility for yourself? Oh, uh, definitely. That That's the plan. You know, uh, when I when I got into the sport of boxing, you know, it wasn't when I decided that this is what I wanted to do, it wasn't just to be a, a mediocre fighter or, you know, just to, you know, pass some time. It was, you know, to, to go down in the history books, and that's the plan. Wow. Yeah, I was telling Larry when we heard we were going to have you on that someday someone's going to Google your name, and this podcast will pop up, and they'll be like, what is he doing talking to those guys? <laughs> 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 so, man, we're really happy to have you. And, I mean, can we take it, like, all the way back? I know that there's the story your dad is in here, and he was telling us about it, like, when you were young, you know, you kind of already had a propensity to it. And, and he was telling the story about, like, putting up your hands and most people run away. So, like, at what point did you really know, like, this was for you? This was going to be your calling? Well, when I first started boxing, I was boxing and playing football at the same time. And when I first started, boxing was – it was different because, you know, when you're coming up – you're playing a team sport, you know, you're around your friends, something like football, you know, it's 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 team, you know, it's it's fun. But in boxing, they say it's a, lo it's a lonely sport. So, sure. you know, you go to the gym, you be by yourself. It, it was kind of boring when I was coming up. So, um, I, but as time as, as time went on, I said, you know, uh, boxing, I just want to box. I don't really want to play fo football anymore. And that's here, we are, right? here we are, right? Yeah. But I, I want to take it really back to, and, and it's too bad, you know, that your dad – uh, stepped out because the way I read the story was at age seven, uh, you're kind of mixing it up a little bit with yeah. some of the other kids, and he thought he's going to take you to the boxing gym and you're going to get an ass whooping, and then yeah. you're going to get in line, yeah. and instead you were doing the ass whooping, and then they <laughs> said, "Okay, yeah, no, this is I want to keep I want to keep punching things." So how did that really happen? Because at that age seven, age eight, that's really really young. When I first went to the boxing gym, I didn't really, know, I didn't know nothing at all. To be, I didn't, I just was, you know, going off the stuff that I learned when I was little. When my dad taught me, you know, how to really defend myself and, and stuff like that. So when I went, in, when I first went in the boxing gym, I just was really freestyling and I was doing good doing it. So, <laughs> so the first day I went in the boxing gym, the coach that was, that was coaching me said, "This kid's a natural." I was like, "Yeah, okay, like you know, I, I know I know how to fight." So. Which I I thought that I did, you know. Even you know, I knew even though I needed, it was a long road ahead of me. But 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 his motivation was to try to get you in line, not mm -hmm. to turn you into a world champion. And yeah, and, and that, that's yeah. the path you're clearly yeah, on. Yeah, so it's it, funny. It, it worked out for the best. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Now, like, what are some of like the dream matchups you might have? Like, what are some of the fighters that you would love to, like, I mean, any time, any era well, that you would love to see match up with? Right now, I'm focused on this fight coming up September 13th against Zara Abdullah. But the winner is in line, is, is a number one contender and is in line to fight the winner out of Luke, uh, Luke Campbell and uh, Lomachenko. So right. 
So. Lomachenko's a bad man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but you want, you want I, some I, of that. A lot of people have Lomachenko number one on their pound for pound list. So if I beat him, what does that make me? Number there you one. go. Well, it so. makes you number one. And uh, so that's at 135 pounds for people that, that aren't up on the sport and all mm-hmm. that. Uh, that would be a mega fight for you. I, I want to keep going back to the history, though, yeah, because yeah. the way you've come up is so fascinating. I mean, you're taking fights as a teenager and you're you're going to Mexico like Tijuana and I looked up the venue the place that you fought this is like it's like a a billiards house there the no, people are playing fighting, pool I was fighting at bars you're fighting in bars <laughs> no, in no, Mexico like, like actual bars I, I turned pro in like in Tijuana and I was fighting at bars because when I was when I when I first went when I first decided I was going to go pro I came to the US and I tried to get my uh my boxing license, but mm-hmm. they told me I was 17 at the time, and they told me that I was too young. So they said, you know, if if I went to some other commissions like North Carolina or somewhere like that, they might approve me, but it was no guarantee. I knew that if I turned pro in Mexico, I was gonna be guaranteed a how, boxing license. How intimidating is that though? You're a teenager, you're going to another country, um, I'm gonna guess the Mexican fans were not real supportive of you. I mean, it's a bar. People are playing pool in the background. How many? How many people were in the in this place at any given point? And you fought a bunch of fights. There, not just one fight. It'll be sometimes it'll be like a hundred people. Sometimes it'll be like five hundred people. It, it just depends on the on on the fight, but. The whole crowd was against me, literally. The and whole they're crowd. cursing you out yeah. in Spanish. And what made, it, what, what made it worse was, you know, if the guy was to even get close to hitting you, the crowd would go crazy. So you're like, man, I can't get hit with nothing. So the fights were actually tougher than a lot of people think. How, yeah. How much does that mess with you? Like, do you you notice it in the ring, yes, right? Yes. Especially when you know they're when a guy even gets close, that they go like bananas. <laughs> so I mean, the judges there. I mean, you got to be thinking. I got to knock every dude out because I'm not going to get, yes. uh, you know, a decision yes, because you're down here. And you're like, well, if it goes to the scorecards, I don't know. They might give me a draw. That won't look good on my on, on my record. They may give me a loss. That really won't look good. So you had to go in there and dominate. But how scary was that walking into these places? It's not like you're, you're going to be going to Madison Square Garden next mm-hmm. month. I mean, it's that's the biggest of the big time. And to come from this bar, you're fighting a dude in a bar that's yeah. a Madison Square Garden. But what was the atmosphere like when you go in and you're like for the first time? I, I as a teenager, I, I would be just like so intimidated. My first time, a lot of people was telling me don't go. Like they were putting a bunch of like bad things in my head. Like don't go. They're gonna rob you. Uh, like of a decision, or they, they even told me that I would, like that they was corrupt. Like. You just to watch, watch out, don't bring any nice things and stuff like that. Mm. So I was nervous, but I trusted I trusted in my talent, and I was like, whatever the fighters brings, he, he can't beat me. So When you go wow. from that to back stateside and you're in, like, actual arenas and venues like that, is it almost, like, much easier to no. be in these much larger crowds as crazy. opposed to how crazy it was, was crazy. in those little like, venues? People think that. Like when you come when you come back and you're fighting in like bigger arenas with a whole bunch of more people, they think that it will be harder. In fact, it was easy because my whole like my whole family was there, all my supporters were there, and it was just like I felt like it was more like in my comfort zone. Mm. That's interesting. So again, to go back to the teenage years, one of the first questions I had before I was reading your bio and stuff was like, 
why didn't this guy go to the Olympics? Mm-hmm. I mean, so you had a zillion. I I, I want to say it was it was over 140 amateur fights. I had 138 amateur fights. Okay. Um, the reason why I didn't go to Olympics is because I was already training to go to Olympics. When I found out what what they did was they changed the age. When they took the headgears off and they changed the age to 19. I was 17 at the time. So, or no, I was 16 at the time. I was 16 at the time, and uh, I was about to turn 17. And so, uh, when they took the Hagers off, they changed the age to 19. So they said that I couldn't go to Olympics after I had fought in Russia, Italy, all over, you know, preparing to go to Olympics. So it was either wait to the next Olympics or um, pretty much go pro. And I was like, so you didn't want to spend several more years waiting around for the next Olympics. You yes. figured, let me just, I'll just go at this Be- point. Because I already had 138 amateur fights, so it wasn't like I didn't have the experience. I just had to the, to wait the time to go. And you're fighting a crazy amount of fights as a professional as well. You're fighting like eight times a year. That's nuts. Yeah, early earlier in my career, I was fighting that much when I was fighting in Mexico and fighting in the U.S. But you know, as as I got older and as the fights got bigger, it's, it's no way that I could fight that much. Okay. How much have you noticed change, like, as you do get older? Because you did start this at such a young age. Are you noticing you're getting a lot stronger, faster? I mean, I've seen videos of you could probably hit him 15 times before <laughs> he even gets a hand up. So yeah, oh, come uh, on now. <laughs> I can only be 10 or 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my body is definitely maturing. I'm, I'm only getting better. I'm getting stronger. And that's why this one thing that, that I live by is, those those guys at the top, they better fight me now because I'm only going to get better. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, do you have to pace it? Do you have to plan it out? Do you, like, have, like, a road map to, like, your ultimate dream here? Or are you just taking on anybody that's willing to step uh, up? I wish I did, but uh, the way things are, are, are looking, you know, everything is changing on, on the daily, mm-hmm. and who knows what, what might happen. But the interesting thing is that you're charting your own course, which is somewhat unprecedented in the sport of boxing. That's why I was so excited as I read more and more, and I was thinking, there's no way this guy can be only 20 years old. He's had a zillion fights, and he's done. you're doing so much. And one of the, the truly unique things you, boxing fans have seen for years, whether it's Bob Arum with top rank, or when it was Don King, or Golden Boy, or whatever, mm-hmm. fighters sometimes would get into contractual hassles and then they'd be sitting on the side for a long period of time but you at such a young age you are your own promoter well i I was my own promoter uh until until i signed with uh a guy named eddie hearn Mm -hmm. uh, of the uk uh we did a deal to to co-promote so we're uh working together but earlier earlier when i was promoting my own fights because one i didn't really want to get into something and and it not be what I wanted to do. I didn't want to have any contract issues and the the money, the, the deals, the money that I was getting offered, it really wasn't like too much because I didn't come out of the Olympics. You know, I came out of the amateurs. I had a lot of amateur fights. I had a good amateur career, but it wasn't the Olympics. So it wasn't like I can just go and, and get some huge paydays or get a huge signing bonus. So uh, I pretty much just, just waited and um, uh, fought in Mexico. Like a, a lot of guys wouldn't have wanted to do that. But uh, I stayed down and I fought in Mexico, and then I signed a huge deal with uh, Eddie Hearn, uh, and uh, now we're co-promoting. And but at 20 years old, to sort of have the foresight, and I know your dad obviously yeah. is, is helping to guide your career and a big part of this, but to to think, well, I could have taken some guaranteed money, and here we are. I'm driving around Tijuana. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, one thing I can say, it wasn't always easy. My my dad had 
had a, a lot to do with it. You know, uh, at times I would say, man, I, I'm just ready to sign because I'm tired of going to Mexico uh, every other week. And, you know, it's, it's, it just wasn't easy. But my dad just kept telling me, stay down. I promise it's going to pay off. And honestly, it did. Nice. Now, your dad obviously is a big influence on you, but you also work with Floyd Mayweather Sr., uh, you have a lot of really big name people that are kind of guiding you along in your career. How does that help you? I mean, how much does that put pressure on you, or what do you think about all that? No, uh, it, it helps me, you know, with a lot of experience. And one, one thing about me is I've learned from so many different trainers, so mm -hmm. many different people. Even you know Floyd Jr. You know he's taught me so much that um, I feel like I'm like I have a lot of experience, more experience than a, a lot of those guys, a lot of the guys that that are out right now, especially at the top. Now, I saw one piece of video with Floyd talking to you where he said, you don't have to take all this punishment. You don't don't want to, like, he was the master of defensive artwork in terms of the shoulder roll and so mm -hmm. many things. He was so elusive, so hard to hit. Um, you're mixing it up a little bit more in your style. You'll, you'll take a shot to yeah. give a shot. Yeah. Do you see yourself changing your approach at all and, and becoming more defensive oriented? Uh, because that's what, you know, Floyd made a brilliant career out of it. And obviously he's a big showman and talks, you know, talks a lot of smack and mm -hmm. all that. Um, but that style worked well for him. What I see of you on tape is a different, is a different style of fighter. Yeah. Well, the name of the game is to hit and not get hit. That's the key, you know, to have, you know, longevity in the sport and, you know, to, you know, be able to, you know, kiss your wife and kiss your kids, you know, at the end of career at the end of your career. But um, you know, sometimes when you're when you're in there, you know you like to mix it up a little <laughs> bit and you know, you you like to take chances and, and you know, uh get those big knockouts. So sometimes you gotta take chances to get them. Now you sparred with him or at least Yes, like for, you did. Yes. You did a round. Did, no, was it I more did, than one round? No, I did six rounds. You did six mm -hmm. rounds. Yeah, before the before the McGregor fight. What was that experience like for you? It was a crazy experience. You know, I, um, it was like it was like a dream come true. But it was crazy. Is it was like I was getting deja vu in there. Like I've been here before. When I, as I was sparring him, I, I was like, like this was happening. But you know, it it was crazy, and, and I couldn't thank him enough for even you know um, get, being in there with me, and for me to be able to you know say that and to one day you know tell my kids you know I, I i've been in there when i when i was coming up i was in there with you know floyd mayweather so it's it, it was a dream come true did yeah. you catch him at all of did course you? of course <laughs> you, you hit him you actually you got him one thing i can say when i sparred floyd you know he was he was towards the end of his career so that's all i got to say <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait till he sees this clip uh, are you gonna post this clip on instagram when you get it uh, no 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 it's no bragging like i said i i i'm thankful for him to even get in there with me you know for for him to give me that opportunity you know um i've learned so much and i watched floyd coming up since, since like i first started boxing since i was seven years old i've been watching floyd so you know I, I couldn't thank him enough for the opportunity. As like a measuring stick moment, though, to be standing toe to toe with yes. a guy of that caliber. It was definitely a measuring measuring stick. When I when I when I sparred Floyd, I felt like no one could beat me. Like I just was like, if if I could be going there with Floyd and hold my own, these guys that I'm fighting, I should be destroying them. That's sure. kind of the way it's going. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. Do you have? kind of a timetable again I keep coming back to your 20 years old you've done so much in such a short period of time mm -hmm. have you sat down and said well you know 
I want to be the lightweight champ, undisputed by age 22, or this, or, or I'm going to go up to whether it's 140 or like, what's your natural weight? I know making what we, I want to talk about the conditioning also later on because, uh, you know, I'm disappointed you don't have your gallon jug of water. <laughs> you know, that's usually you're, you're carrying around. But what are you thinking about as the years go by? Yeah, um, like I said, I really don't have uh, any like time timetable or whatever because things change every every day. You know, um, who knows what might happen? You know, uh, I, I I win this fight, I'm in line to fight for a world title. I'll, I'll be the number one contender, and I'll be the mandatory to to fight for the world title. So that's pretty much what I'm really focused on. I'm not really looking too much further than that because. This fight, September thirteenth, is important, and if I don't win this, then who knows what might happen. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's this fight is really important for me and my career, and I got to go in there and dominate. But that's actually a great answer because you know, media guys like me will ask you to look ahead, and mm -hmm. you're like, next fight is all that matters, right? Because yeah, yeah, if you lose yeah. the next fight, then we're like, yeah, it's oh, like how, okay, oh, yeah, I guess I can go here and say, yeah, I want to be ten time world champion and go lose my next fight easily. So much for ten time world champion, yeah. you know, so you know uh, the the next fight is important. Being in training and in a camp and knowing you actually have this fight coming up on that day, how much does that drive you? How much does that just keep you going every day? Yeah, um it actually drives me a lot. It, ha it helps me get through training because earlier in my career sometimes I wouldn't even know when I was fighting. Mm. It, it would be you'd be fight I'll be training, you know, for weeks or months you know, at a time and just uh, a date will come up and say, oh, you're fighting in Mexico next week. So and it's actually better now that, you know, I, I know that, you know, September 13th, uh, I'm fighting and I have this certain amount of weeks away. And, you know, one of the things that uh, when I was watching the video on YouTube and you're, you're big on social media and so mm -hmm. you're taking advantage of a lot of um, platforms that other fighters and athletes didn't have in the past. So it's interesting to, to look at your training techniques because for years, boxers did not lift weights. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching your, your regimen of, of what you're doing. It's, it's weightlifting, you're doing speed training. Mm -hmm. um, that's not the way most boxers in past mm -hmm. eras, you know, if you watch old Rocky movies, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you could do any of that. Yeah. Not punching, you're not punching the meats. You're not yeah. punching yeah. Yeah, slabs <laughs> of meat. But you're doing hypoxic training, which is, which is I mean, um, we have a, a good mutual friend in Victor Conti. He's a low oxygen, high oxygen. It yeah. gets very complicated. But uh, let's talk about your training techniques and, and how this is working for you in terms of developing power and speed. Yeah, this is the, the new era of training. This is the, the, the new wave. And pretty much, pretty soon, everyone will be, you know, doing the type of training that I'm, tra that I'm doing now. Um, but, you know, it, this is the, the smarter way. And, and Victor Conti has helped me so much with this you know this was some it was a, a lot of this stuff i didn't know about you know mm -hmm. i was doing the basic old training just you know running uh running a bunch of miles and on the concrete and you know we, that's bad on your knees and stuff like that but ever since i've got with victor conti he showed me a total different way of training and you know taking care of your body and recovery and you know knowing why you're doing certain things yeah What's funny is like 10 years ago, um, I was talking to Victor and he was really just trying to get into the whole boxing scene because mm -hmm. he's a big fan of the sport and he was telling me, he's like, Larry, a lot of these guys, they have no idea what they're doing. And uh, I was like, what are you talking about? And he started going into the, the oxygen deprivation and mm -hmm. how you can recover and all this stuff and all the other things. 
I mean, the traditional boxer world, let's say, okay, let's get up. We're going to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and we'll run 10 miles or 15 miles. And he was saying, no, 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 no. That's not the sport of boxing requires fast twitch muscles. It requires speed training, sprinting, and all that stuff. And that brings us to uh, his good buddy Remy Korchemny, who's a uh, world-renowned track coach. Mm -hmm. So, as a boxer, you're out on the track. What are you doing on the track? Uh, a, a lot of sprints and explosive training. Um, a lot of band work. You know, uh, a lot of core work. Just. Uh, a lot of stuff that that it's I've never done before, and I mean until I I got with with Victor Conti and Snack, but a, a lot of hard training and a lot of stretching too. That's that's important. Mm -hmm. uh, people underestimate how much like stretching and you know uh, warming up your muscles is. What's a typical day like? I mean, do you start with a lot of stretching, then get into cardio? Yes, like yeah, how do you yes, how uh, do you map out like a typical day in your training life? Well. Um, on our track days, you know, before, you know, we warm up, do a lot of stretching, and then we we uh, we do stuff with, like, hurdles and mm. and sprints and all type of all type of crazy stuff that people, you know, if, if I told you, we probably wouldn't even understand. When you first started <clears throat> that type of training, did it go through your head, like, I'm a boxer. Boxers <laughs> don't do things? this. Why am I hurtling on a track? So, listen, even, even now, sometimes when, when, when I don't want to do it, I, I, I think to myself, why am I going to this track? Why do I do it? <laughs> but it, in, in the fight, it, it it pays off, and in my performance my performances show. Yeah. What is Remy like? He's... Remy is the meanest coach that I ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Remy don't care how much money you got, how much money you made, uh, what, how, uh, how many fighters you beat up, how, what you've done in in your career, before your career, after your career. He doesn't care about none of that. But that's what makes him, you know, him him, him so successful with with athletes because he's straight to it, you know. And this is an 87 year old dude, and he can do a lot of the stretching and a lot of the strength exercises that you're doing at age 20. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, like, what about some of the other fighters you fought before in the past? Like, who would you say, like, hit you the hardest, for example? Nobody, right? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say anybody. Um, I don't know. And if I and if I if if I did come up with somebody, I wouldn't even tell you. So let's talk about your fight with uh, Abdulev, which is coming up September thirteenth, uh, Madison Square Garden. We got to get the plug in on on the zone, right? That's because it's that's that's yeah. a new thing as well. Yeah. This new boxing streaming service got mostly boxing and some mixed martial arts on there as well. He's more of the, the classic Eastern European fighter. Mm -hmm. I know you told me earlier you don't like to watch too much video of guys mm -hmm. because you don't want to get like kind of preconceived notions in your head that he's yeah. going to do this and then yeah. suddenly he catches you because you're expecting something else. But yeah. what do you know about him? Because he's kind of rugged. Um, I know that he's he, that he's tough. He's strong. Uh, he likes to put the pressure uh, on, on his opponents and that he's going to come and bring his all. So, you know, on, on September 13th, i got to bring my A game. But he's most likely going to come straight at you, yeah. right? So how does that change your preparation and don't give anything away that's... That, that no, it doesn't change my preparation because, you know, um, a lot of guys, they know that I'm fast and, you know, I have good movement, so they, they all try to come at me. So, okay. But it's, it's, he, won't, he won't show me nothing that I haven't seen. Okay. 
September 13th, you're walking down the entrance towards the ring. You're in MSG, which is like the mecca of all sports arenas. Like, what do you think is going to be going through your head at that moment? Can you visualize that moment? I mean, uh, that's going to be a huge, huge moment. I'm going to be trying to stay focused, you know, uh, walking down, you know, seeing all the fans and stuff. I'm going to try to just, you know, focus on my game plan and, you know, uh, just have fun while while, while I'm going through the the whole thing. You know, that's the important thing is to have fun. And I feel like when I have fun is when I do my best. Did you have your gallon of water today? Yes, I have my gallon of water. <laughs> and did you carry that jug with you pretty much everywhere during the day when you're in serious training? Yeah, you you have to. It's, yeah. it's part of the protocol, and it makes the weight cut so much easier. Oh, because you're shedding all the water weight. Is that pretty, pretty much? You're pre, you're pretty much like flushing out your body and staying hydrated and tricking the body. It's 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 a whole like remedy to it, but it's it's the key. It really it really helps. So if if I were to drink a gallon of water today, you think I'd get in better shape? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're hopeless, Larry. Know, There's no saving you. He set me up, too, because he's like, you think about No, not you, dude. No, you got no chance. chance. Yeah, you got no, that's interesting. We were actually talking about the merits of drinking a gallon of water, because, like, you, you're a Warrior fan, right? Yeah. So, I mean, JaVale McGee was in here right after they won the championship. He came in to do an interview, and I actually bought two one-gallon jugs of water kind of as a joke. Because he's all about, like, jug life, you know, is his thing. Uh-huh. And so I brought him in, and he was so stoked to have it. He asked if he could take him home. So I know that's, like, something that a lot of pro athletes really get into. Yeah. He's drinking a little bit. Do you have to, like, write things on it to, like, remind yourself to no. drink it? Or you, no. Like, how uh, long? How do you? I'm, ca- I'm kind of used to it now. So I, I try to finish, like, my gallon earlier in the okay. day. So I, I just pretty much just, like, chug it, like, while I'm, while I'm in training and after training. So What's the first thing you're going to eat after the fight? Assuming a victory. Uh, I, I used to have this thing, like, after all my fights, I used to just eat pizza. Like, like that was just, like, the thing. Like, oh, we know, like, you got to have some pizza ready. But as I got bigger and as I got more money, uh, pizza just, it kind of went out the window. So. Um, oh, you're fancy now. Yeah. Like, I'm all bougie, right? Uh. Caviar. Give me the caviar for yeah. most fights. Yeah, yeah, they got kind of bougie a little bit. So who knows? The, the, the closest thing to me is probably what I'll eat because. Boy, just, but I mean, if you could, I mean, in New York City, the city that never sleeps, just like Vegas, where you know, kind of is your hometown now as well. Um, you could have anything yeah, in New York yeah. at any hour. So, mm-hmm. like, what's your favorite food? My favorite food um, is pizza. Pizza is my favorite food. I like crab a lot, crab and chicken wings. Okay. Yeah. We can get you some chicken, a chicken wings yeah. endorsement. For sure. Uh, I think we could try to work on that. Uh, now, I think your dad was saying you've got some CBD products that you're that you're taking as well. I was surprised yeah. because I thought, like, I know you're doing the the VADA protocol, uh, the anti drug uh, yeah, testing yeah, yeah. protocol, but CBD is allowed. Yeah, CBD is is allowed. Um, CBD with no THC. But right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, yeah, but um, yeah, CBD uh, is is the the new wave again like i said i'm all on the the new things the, the new way of training the the i like i like the new stuff and you know pretty soon everyone will be hearing about my cbd line so you have your own cbd line yes, yes I'm what's it called uh, uh the dream cbd okay mm-hmm. so uh, pretty soon everybody will be uh on it and where will that be available uh on, on my website okay yeah. devin i got pain actually i do i almost <laughs> tore my achilles tendon i'm limping around here Oh, you well, fi- can yeah, you fix that? You need some CBD. Man. Yeah, no. I'll take some CBD before bed. 
you sleep really well. Is that like post training? I mean, dream snoring. is a perfect name for yeah. it. See, yeah, they, yeah, see? that's perfect, right? <laughs> we you got, got your marketing slogans program. ready. You're big on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You have over four hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Is that the way you like to communicate with fans at this point? And is that yeah, something uh, that you thought uh, about? My, my Instagram, Twitter, um, pretty much. Uh, uh, I, I have my Facebook, so but someone hacked my Facebook and my Instagram, so yeah, you're it, not alone yeah. there, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, are we on your Instagram right now? Is that what I'm seeing? Uh, one of my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that's cool. What I, 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 I would have talked louder. <laughs> um, I also saw some video of you uh, in two places. Uh, one was Vegas, and I'm not sure where the other location was, where you will go. Feed the homeless it was here, yeah. and mm -hmm. and yeah. feed uh, the elderly. Mm -hmm. How did that come about, and how often do you do that sort of thing? Uh, I'm just a firm believer, you know, giving back, you know, uh, and um, that's just something that that I like to do, you know. Uh, and I just feel better when, when I do it. So um, lately, well, not lately. It it's been a couple years now. I just you know after my fights or a little bit before my fights, you know, I'll go uh, feed feed the homeless or the elderly or you know give back to the kids, you know. Um, and how did that idea come about? Pretty much just just me and 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 me really. I was just like, Dad, like can you help me? I want I want to uh, find a way to get back to the community. Okay, so you have Bay Area roots because mm -hmm. born in San Francisco, raised at least part of the time in Oakland, and then in Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, Vegas is a place where, if you're looking stuff <laughs> you'll find it exactly so how do you stay focused and again that's another one of the city that never sleeps talking about that how is it that you know because i i know you know floyd yeah. and you you know and uh zab judah is your godfather, your yeah. godfather oh. so i mean you're exposed to a lot of stuff and you've been a straight arrow all the way through is is it hard when there's temptation out there uh of course you know uh Distractions are everywhere, wherever you are. If you're in San Francisco, Las Vegas, wherever you're at, it's always going to be distractions. But, you know, the key is just to, you know, stay focused on the tasks ahead. And, uh, you know, maybe one day when when I'm done boxing, you know, and it's time to just chill, you know, and, and, and just breathe and just, you know, relax, then maybe one day I'll, I'll who knows what I'll be doing. But right now um, I have, you know, um, I have a task ahead, and I'm Abdulev, September 13th, <laughs> New York City. MSG. Yes. Um, do you think about, since Vegas is kind of your adopted hometown at this point, like MGM, because, you know, Vegas is a fight mecca. Mm -hmm. You think about yeah, what, what uh, it would be uh, like? Actually, this fight was between, it was it was going to be between uh, Vegas and, and, um, <laughs> We can edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're dropping the Instagram. Yeah. So, so pretty much, uh, but this fight was gonna. It was between uh, Vegas and MSG, uh, MGM and MSG. So, okay. Uh, this one, it was at MSG. Maybe the next one being Vegas. So. Yeah. Is that something that's important to you in any way? I mean, think of how nice it would be to be like you know you're driving in the arena. It's right down yeah, from your house you know you don't have to get on a plane you don't have yeah, to do anything yeah uh, it'll be nice you know it, it'll be a dream come true of course you know and when that time come i'm gonna be ready now you're a barrier guy so how much is being here not in vegas kind of center you how much does it help you relax just being back here in the bay yeah um 
it's less distractions here, of course, yeah. uh, and a lot of my family lives here, so it's always good to come here, come back and see my family. And a lot of a lot of people here in the Bay Area show me a lot of love. Like wherever I go, you know, people always stop me. So it's it's always good to have that. Now, I saw a shot of you on Instagram. You look pretty cut up. You look pretty shredded. We're still a ways away from September 13th, though. Uh -huh. So what are you going to do? Wait, why? are you at 135 right now? No, no, no. It, it, it's no way that uh, that I would be at 135, you know, like three weeks out, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm water loading, drinking my water, and uh, I'm about 15 pounds out from. So, so um, you're 150 right now? Yes. yes okay. Yeah, so. But drinking a gallon uh, a day, so that's off of drinking eight pounds of water being 15 pounds okay so what's the progression like how uh, we had a mixed martial arts fighter in here a ryan few weeks bader. ago ryan bader mm -hmm. and what was his weight loss casey was was, it was crazy ridiculous he was talking about like losing 20 pounds in like a he matter said you of could days. take a bath and lose 10 pounds remember yeah. that no that was yeah that, that's that's all I got to do. <laughs> so no, I, can, I can drink water. Bath, I can drink water and take a bath, and I'm going to take a shower. That's my kind of training. But the, but the water load has has to do with that too. That you have to be kind of water loading, so it, it'll make it a lot easier. Because if you have a bunch of salt and sugar and all everything in, the, in you, then it'll make the weight cut. So so days before the fight, what what do you want your weight to be when when you have to get in the ring at 135? Like how many days? Like yeah, let's say five days. Let's say a week five out. Five days, I'll be one fifty. So you really okay? Five yeah. days out. Yeah. Wow. I'd be so stressed at that point. <laughs> I'd be looking you know, at the scale, when, going, when, I can't when, do. When, when when Victor first told me of this protocol, I'm like, wait, 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 <laughs> yes. wait, wait. So I I'm supposed to be fifteen pounds, three four days out, and he's like, yeah. But when when I did it, I felt so much better. I normally would be like four pounds out and be dehydrated starving yeah. skinny and it it just would make my performance does carrying much, carrying much all worse. that weight make it like make you a lot faster when you get in the ring do you feel like like quicker and lighter and stronger just from dropping all that weight or is it well, just because, purely weight semantics well, because after the weigh-in i'm gonna be b right back up to okay. 150 so okay. i would so it's the part of the protocol is that you you drop the weight right before the weigh-in mm -hmm. you know and, and then you put it right back on so oh, okay. you're, you're not too you're not well, you won't be too long you know dehydrated and stuff like that when was the last time you had pizza last time I had pizza before your training started I imagine yeah yeah I, 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 I couldn't even remember what's what are you what are you eating now I saw the video it said you don't eat breakfast like, pretty much you know, like spinach and salmon and it sounds. <laughs> oh, it sounds and great. Water and celery. And stuff. <laughs> that's that's your diet. No, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's stuff like that. Yeah. What's what's the, do you get a cheat meal when you're in training or no? There's no no. It's just uh, more your yeah. cheat your all my cheat meals come when I'm when I'm out of training and that's when I gain the most weight. But I go crazy when I'm out of training. But when I'm in training, it's it's time to to lock in and you know stay disciplined. So your bonus when you're in training is more spinach. <laughs> <laughs> more fruit like that's the dessert just give me some fruit and that's anything like, sweet yeah all right you got more for him I, i'm gonna I've read got, i'm gonna read a quote that i thought okay. was cool this was in your press kit though floyd mayweather senior stated i've not seen a fighter as outstanding as devin haney since floyd mayweather jr which is like as good of endorsement as you can get and obviously he knows yeah. a few things like what do you think boxing has to do to kind of return to ascend to greater heights in the stage of the sport um, 
I don't know, but boxing is 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 pretty big right now with the heavyweights. You know, uh, people are you know loving the heavyweights and the the welterweights right now. Um, for for the for the sport to keep you know going up and up and up, you know they just have to just wait on Devin Haney and you know Devin Haney's gonna keep the sport alive. Love nice. it. <laughs> nice. Uh, one last thing I want to get to because you said this before we came on the air. I know I I just want to make sure I, I I heard you clearly because we got you now before you've blown up worldwide. <laughs> and then my concern is a few years from now, you know, we're gonna call and go, hey Devin, you wanna come down and do the podcast again? And, and you're gonna go, who is this again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you probably, you're gonna, when, when you're a worldwide yeah, star. Yeah, when, when, when I blow up and I'm a superstar, I'm gonna I'm come back and do the podcast. But you guys gotta let my whole entourage in. We're gonna get. We gotta get a bigger room. We gotta get a bigger room. And tell these guys to get stay off the gram while we're doing it. We focus on you, not being scrolling on their phones, right? Can we do that? Yeah, yeah. Is that the deal? That's the deal. That's the deal. All right. Future world champion, Bay Area product, Devin Haney, the dream, gonna be a nightmare on September 13th for Abdulev in Madison Square Garden. You go get him. This is going to be fun to watch. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. With authority.